Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Finds Us podcast. We are delighted to interview Ron Robinson, who is the founder and CEO of Beauty Stat Cosmetics on our podcast today. Before starting Beauty Stat, Ron worked in product development at Estee Lauder, Lancome, Revlon, and Avon. Ron is a cosmetics chemist, and we cannot wait to share his story and brand with you. We have tried his products and are huge fans. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Delia and Allison. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, we met last year, and you were letting me know that it was October. I was wondering when we did meet, because that seems like millions of years ago. I yep. know. A lifetime. <laughs> A lifetime, exactly like we were saying. Let's start by walk us through your career path. What led you to becoming a cosmetics chemist? Well, Delia, this was not in my plan at all. (laughs) I totally fell into it. My parents came to this country from the Caribbean. They were from Barbados. And this is during the late 50s. And at the time, a respected career was either being a doctor or, or a lawyer. Right. And my parents had a couple of kids when they came here to New York City. And that's the dream that they had for all of their kids. So I grew up with three other brothers, two older, one younger. And two, two of them went on to be, become study medicine and become doctors. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I tried, went to medical school for a year, and I hated it, and I dropped out. So I moved back in with my parents. They were very, very disappointed, particularly my mom. And I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. But I had had a chemistry and biology degree. And I sent out resumes to a bunch of different companies. And Clinique called me in for an interview. That's the division of the Estee Lauder companies. So I drove up, had no idea really who the interview was with until they, you know, I saw the big sign, the Clinique logo and had a bunch of meetings with a lot of the R&D team there and they hired me on the spot and and that is how I became how I fell into becoming a cosmetic chemist totally by accident I know because when I was researching I read that you didn't even know that was a career path kind of like me with fashion I, that wasn't something I had thought about before had no idea did not know there was a, there was this whole world of science uh, behind the development of, of cosmetics yet there's a there's a, a big aspect of art and creativity in it as well and that's what really struck me it really resonated with me that I got to use my science skills but I got to do it in a very creative way and really build and create something really out of nothing. And it's that, that aspect of it. That's what, what I really loved about the industry. That's how I fell in love. Well, that sounds like an incredible position. It really does. And starting out at Clinique, that's like starting out at Barney's. I mean, you can't get much, much, much bigger. And at the time Clinique was the top, top brand. I mean, since then, obviously there's a lot, a lot of indie brands have come into the market, but this is going back 25 years ago when Clinique was at the top, top, top. That was the brand. Yeah, that was the go-to brand. And, you know, so it was a really exciting time to, uh, to join that company in that, in that position back then. Yeah. 
you know, that's so interesting because I'm thinking now about like, you know, with Monique, we all had the yellow bar. We all had our three steps. Yeah. And that, you know, that's interesting how now you have your products too. You don't have this plethora of products. Um, so interesting. Okay. Now tell us about, well, you sort of alluded to this, but following your heart and realizing, you know, at, uh, at a certain point that medical school was not for you, for people that, um, I've talked to so many people that have done that, but they didn't drop out. You know what I mean? They went on to, to law school. They went on to be a lawyer. And after about five years, they said, I just can't do this anymore. So like, can you encourage people when they have those feelings and they're still in college or maybe just getting into medical school, their first or second year, you know, give, give us some advice about that. Your career, it's what you're going to spend more than a third of your life working. That's, that's how, that's what it is. And almost half, uh, depending on the, the profession you, you have, find something, find something you love. I was fortunate that I, find I found out what I did not like and that's also part of the process mm -hmm. you know changing those things you know if you find something if you fall down go down a path you don't like it get out because ultimately I got to find the career that I love and that's my advice is if you don't if you don't, if you don't have the passion if you don't have the drive and it's not mm -hmm. there you will find something else, but it takes a little bit of courage uh, to do to, to get out when you yes, can. Yes, it really does, and I know it takes courage when you, when you know you know your parents are disappointed. Right. To deal yeah. with that, just to please trust me on this, you know that kind right. of thing. Yep. Yeah. And Allison, if I could just add something else that was really important that continues to drive me is I really disappointed my mom when I dropped out of med school. Right. She was really heartbroken about it. Oh. So I didn't know. I didn't know if I could ever make it up to her until after I started working at Clinique for, this is about a year or so, I brought home some of the products that I developed. Mm. You know what happens when you gift beauty <laughs> products in particular to people? Yes. You, there is a sense of joy and happiness that is unlike anything you could, like you could bring food, cookies, you know, wine, even jewelry to some extent, you bring home cousin. It's the joy that she got. She was so happy about it. I, I was almost forgiven. Oh, I love that. I, <laughs> I was almost, I almost re re redeemed myself for with her. And, <laughs> and since then, she never complained. After a few months, it was like, hey, did you get me that perfume yet? I want, I want that. It. That's the way, that's where she began. She's like, I need a, a, a something for, something really nice for Mother's Day or my birthday coming. So, oh, she, so she was a fan. That is so <laughs> great. That's wonderful. That's a great, great way to, to put that into perspective. Right. And another thing to consider is you're like, oh, I've already invested and or parents, you know, anyone else who's invested a lot of money and I've invested time just admitting to yourself being able and confident enough to say you know what this isn't for me unfortunately you know we've paid I'm in college this is my degree or whatever it is but yeah. it's never too late Phoebe started her job at 50 and so you can always pivot and right. follow your heart that's right and I remember when mom took me to Saks and we got my clinic routine <laughs> <laughs> The same as you had at yes. Grandmama probably took you. Exactly. <laughs> Did you always want to start your own company growing up? Is that something you ever thought of? 
No, it's interesting. <laughs> I, 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 I did not. In fact, when I, for working for a lot of big brands, and then when I, when I started Beauty Stat, which started out as an, as an agency, social media agency, my friends have asked me, Ron, now that you're not working for for brand anymore, why don't you start your own brand? And I would always say, no, the world does not need another beauty product. That was my line I would always, 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 always say. And if it's okay, I could segue into why I did start my own line. Yeah. Well, I've always, you know, when I left the big brands and I started Beauty Stat, I, I kind of became the go-to cosmetic chemist for beauty, beauty editors. If they, were, if they were writing an article or story about ingredients, they would, they would tap into me uh, to give a chemist perspective. Okay. So I, I was doing that for, for many, many years. I, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a resident beauty expert for Allure, and we're mm -hmm. finally 29, and I'm really quoted, quoted a lot, even to this day, even though I've launched my own line. And one of the ingredients that always came up again and again was vitamin C and stability and shelf life. Mm. So that made me start thinking more about, hmm, it seems that vitamin C being able to stabilize, it must be this holy grail. It must be a big thing. To, I said, what if I could do that? And I, you know, I reconnected with one of my former chemist colleagues and we started tinkering around with, you know, could we stabilize it? So after five years, and by the way, this was a side project. This was not, we didn't know where this was going to go. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to work on stabilizing vitamin C and then launch a brand. This was something we were working on the side when we had time while we were focusing on our age, you know, on, on my growing my agency. Sure. So what happened is that we, after we were tinkering around for a couple of years, we got it, we had a really nice formula, nice texture. And we said, you know what, let's try, let's, let's apply for patents. So we applied. And again, that's a, that's a waiting game. We have to wait to see whether or not the, 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 we, we can actually get and get the patent issued. So a couple more years went by, and then we finally got the patents issued. Look, wow, fantastic. So that means we, have, we, we can own this technology. It's ours. No one else has it. Now we just need to test it is, you know, we have the patent on it, we can stabilize vitamin C, but does it work? Does it really deliver any benefit for the consumer? So we, you know, I invested in getting some independent clinical testing done on the formula. And again, we put it on test and we kept on working on our day jobs while we were waiting for the results. So the results came back about two months later. We were floored. We thought it would do well. We didn't know it would do incredibly well. I mean, significant improvement in every skin parameter you can name. Texture, tone, wrinkles, uh, loss of firmness, diminishment of pores. It did it all. Mm. And that is what made me say, okay, now this is worthy of bringing to market. Beauty Stat Cosmetics, the brand, was, was born. And that was a little over a year ago. Wow. That's fascinating. It's, it's, it's so big, so fast. Yes. It was a very fast five years. It really, it was slow at first and then it, it speeded up very quickly, at, you know, during that last year. Yeah. I've got the patent part. You're just waiting and waiting and waiting. I know. Don't you have five or did I make that up? 
Yeah, you know, the three patents. You have three. Okay. Well, that's huge. So that segues perfectly into talking about patience. So <laughs> working on something for five years that may or may not even ever make a difference or come up with anything. So how did you stay patient and confident in all of that? The, the idea of patience is, what, is kind of something I recommend to other entrepreneurs. Because I, I, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that they have a good idea and they want to act very quickly and launch it. And my question to them is, did you, did you do your research? Did you do your testing? Did you, cause that takes a lot of time. And once you, once you achieve all of those things, once you've, once you've completed all of those things and you have some, you still have something compelling, then you have more, you have more data to support and validate the, your launch. So, I exercised patience because I knew I didn't have enough data at the time. If I tried to launch this, if I had to, if I tried to launch this product five years ago with no patents and no clinical testing, I would not have been taken seriously, and I would not, I would not be in the place that that I am, that I am today. So that's why patience is really key. And also, I was what was paying the rent was my agency job, so I needed to focus there. And just again give a little bit of time on the side and, you know, tinkering around and trying to build this thing on the side while I kept my focus on my, on my, on my day job. So that's what I, I recommend uh, to other entrepreneurs to be patient, really focus on, on building and getting enough data to support your, your, whatever endeavor you're going for. And then once you have enough, that you could then switch. You can now quit your day job or do less of your day job and focus and focus more on your dream job. That's my uh, my recommendation and my advice to a lot of entrepreneurs is to exercise that patience. But it's it's you're working at the time. You're really you're really working. But right. so so that's that's the balance I recommend. Were you nervous that you know? I would feel like you would be thinking like racing to the, to the finish line. Like so many other people were working on this since vitamin C was becoming such a big deal. You, you just hung in there. <laughs> I, I was, I was a little fearful of that, but more the patent is great. And I think that's, that's, that certainly helps that's true. keep competitors away. But what was really interesting was that was the independent clinical testing results. We wanted to make sure that if we're saying we have stabilized pure vitamin C, mm -hmm. then it should deliver superior performance. Mm -hmm. And that's why the clinical testing was so key. Once we got those results back, that was critical in terms of making us say, okay, we have, we have enough data. We have, we could back up, we could back up this, this story. What makes your products different? And maybe this could be a good opportunity to talk about the texture, the smells or lack thereof, and things like that. Yeah, so you certainly want a product to deliver the benefits it says, you know, all of the, all of the skin concerns. You want it to address and treat those. But it's got to be a pleasurable experience. It's got to be a nice texture, easy to apply, easy to fit into your routine. This is something I talk about when I'm on QVC. Mm -hmm. I talk because we have a best our vitamin C serum is a bestseller on QVC. So I talk about the fact how easy it is to slip into your routine. You apply it under, under your moisturizer. Though we have a, a regimen now and we're building that, 
our star product is certainly our, our universal C scaling provider, which is our vitamin C serum, which is easy. It's easy to slip into your routine. And then you can build from there. So a lot of consumers start with that and they come back to us for our moisturizer. And we now just recently launched an eye cream. And that's another product that we launched that's getting a lot of buzz and excitement. about. So that's, that, that's how, kind of how how the you know how important the texture and other aesthetics. And then to your point about fragrance, it is fragrance free, but the ingredients we use they inherently have a nice odor to them. So that helps with, with the experience as well. Why would you say that this is the best vitamin C product on the market? Well, we think it is, and a lot of editors think it is too. In fact. Uh, we've been named one of the best vitamin C serums. It's it's a list between right. Oprah Magazine, Allure, just last week Vogue Magazine, wow. Harper's Bazaar, Women's Health, Good Housekeeping, <laughs> Refinery Twenty Nine, uh, Best Dark Spot Corrector by Cosmo. It's an endless list of best of. So. We, we are among the top brands, among all of the big giant beauty brands mm-hmm. that have their vitamin C. So we are along, we're in the list. We're in the, we're, we're in the same breath, if you will, with those guys. Yeah. So we're thrilled about that. Uh, we're thrilled that we think it's the best and that we're getting acknowledged by the press. Right. And, and now the consumers are as well. Yes, most definitely. We agree. We agree with all of those claims. How did you choose the name? How did you, I didn't even know about the social media agency. You were telling me that. Yeah, so yeah, we started as, as an agency. So uh, when I launched Beauty Stat, you know, we grew a very fast social following and brands, brands were, wanted to pay us to post and review their products. And this is before the term influencer was even coined. So after, you know, when we started, to, we started to be approached by a lot of brands, we, we said, listen, what, what if we became an influencer agency and, and kind of managed many influencers for brands? And that's how we, we kind of created a business, a new business based on that model. And so the brand, the name Beauty Set, Beauty Set has been around for over 10 years now, but it's only, in, as I said, in the last year that we launched our own skincare uh, beauty brand. So you have the two products and you just launched. So it's the serum, the moisturizer, and you just launched an eye product. And we know that they, we adore them. They are super effective. Do you plan to launch any more? Yes, we have a new product launching in October. Oh. We can't, we can't say exactly what that is yet. Sure. And then we, one thing that consumers have been asking for it is they want they want a trial kit from us, a way to kind of a cost-effective way for them to try mm-hmm. multiple products of ours. It's something a little bit more, uh, something that was more affordable. So we're launching a trial, a deluxe trial kit in November. So those are the that's great. Right in time for Christmas. Right in time for Christmas. Yeah, yeah that's, that's perfect. Awesome. Also that's for great. travel. For travel. Travel, travel as yeah. well you know, yeah. as a gift to give for someone to get to, because it is expensive if I were going to give it to someone and I were purchasing each, you know, full-size piece. I haven't even, I, I, I wasn't even aware about the eye cream. So I'm thrilled about that. Will you tell us a little bit about the eye cream? Yeah, the eye cream. So we are, we're using our, our own stable 
a, a patented vitamin C, mm -hmm. but we've combined it with CBD as well. Obviously, hot ingredient <laughs> right now. We before I, before we took on CBD, I was we, I was kind of very skeptical about about it. I, people were talking about it, so we said, you know, let's give it a chance. Let's let's look at it. Let's let's research it and see if there's any. Is it really going to add any incremental benefit to the skin? Right. right. So, so after after a lot of research, we found a source that looked interesting, and in combination with our with our vitamin C. Uh, we are seeing that the, our product is really helping address in a comprehensive way all of the concerns around the eye area. So, you know, vitamin C alone could help address the, the dark circles mm -hmm. and the, the fine lines, the, the lifting and firming element. But the key thing with the eye area is that consumers have, you know, they have puffiness, and it's really due to inflammation. And that's where the CBD comes in as a, you know, given its anti-inflammatory benefits. So together, it really is addressing all of the issues that address the eye, which, which are inflammation-based as well. So we can, we can address the puffiness and the dark circles in a more comprehensive way. So that's what, that's what we're seeing is that, you know, why we have the, the, what we think is the best eye treatment out there because of our unique synergy of, of vitamin C plus CBD. That is awesome because, you know, you do start seeing everything is CBD and you start wondering, you know, what does this stuff even do, you know, in an eye cream? So that's right. just fabulous for you to explain that. And it certainly makes me want to try it for sure. It sounds great. You know, the fact that it actually has a real, real anti-inflammatory purpose. So that's great. Anything we should keep in mind when using the products, for example, you know, vitamin C, supposedly makes your skin more sensitive to the sun so you need to make sure to reapply sunscreen more often that kind of thing is that a myth or is that true there's some truth to that yes so we we though we do recommend that consumers who are more sensitive do use a sunscreen we we do not offer a sunscreen product yes. yet yet so something to look out for yes that's great in 2021 yeah, that's wonderful. You know, because it's been interesting with this with sunscreen. So many, and there are the the products that I've used, and I've talked to a makeup artist about this. Who is Christy Brinkley's makeup artist, and she's done all kinds of supermodels and everything else. And I was talking to her about like my under eye cream when it started coming. The only option was with sunscreen. It changed the texture, and when sometimes when you have a moisturizer and it's got sunscreen in it or a primer, it changes the texture. You know, and she said it's really difficult to find that balance when you you know everybody wants to not have to have yet another layer to put on, but working with sunscreen is difficult. So um, I, I, I applaud you for taking on that challenge, and it sure would be a miracle if you if, you know if you nailed it. That'd be fabulous. I'll yep. be right there first in line. Stay tuned. Ah! <laughs> Talk to us about the process of choosing the colors and designing the packaging. The blue and orange perfectly <laughs> align with the style that binds us colors. So basically, it's, it's, you know, we do that all in-house. We've established a color palette for the line and for the brand. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, given we have, once you, once you see more SKUs that we'll launch, you'll see that there's, there's a color 
a color coding, if you will. Obviously, anything with vitamin C has orange, and anything in, in the blue family has it's a has hydration Ooh, uh, benefit. Nice. So, so, cool. so there's a color coding uh, to the to uh, that uh, will be attached to how we roll out new products and the brand. And we just wanted something that was clean, that was just clean and modern looking. That's that's kind of what we're about. And that's more more about more about the product inside. It's it's less about it's it's not flashy. It's more just speaking to hey, really great product, great value, right, great technology. And that's what we wanted to convey. I never even thought about the orange with the vitamin C and then the blue, obviously moisture. That's brilliant. Perfect. Okay, so once the product launched, how did you get the word out? So that, that ties back to a beauty set already being an agency. So we already, we already, we already had a, so, a strong social following. And on that social following, we were promoting other brands. We were promoting our clients. Mm-hmm. And we just flipped the switch and announced to our fans and followers that we are launching our own brand now. And we are now we continue to only post about our brand now. So we had that following built in already. So that's how we were able to build up the initial awareness. And and then of course, uh, given I was a resource for a lot of beauty editors, they, I pitched them my, the launch of my brand and I did not knowing what, how would they would, they would respond. And many of them responded very favorably. And that's, that's, helped, that, that's helped get the word out. I bet they had been waiting and waiting and probably had said to you, when are you going to start your brand? <laughs> yeah, many of them were, think, were thinking it. Some didn't say it, but they yeah. were thinking it. <laughs> so since it took off so quickly, you, when I was researching, I was reading that you felt a lot of pressure, as many entrepreneurs do, to deliver. So talk to us about advice for dealing with pressure. Yes, I still have, I still face it. Mm-hmm. We, I, I can't say names, but we are expanding into more retail distribution. Okay. We will be in, in, in stores whenever stores open. We, we, will, <laughs> we will be in store. No, some are open already. So we, we will be in stores. And, and I can tell you a little bit later, you know, once, yeah. once we're close to going live. So the, the pressure now is, maintaining a strong pipeline of products that are innovative. So there's pressure there. Mm. We, we, we want to do well with the retailers. So we have to, we have to make sure we give them mm-hmm. divvy up our, the resources so they have enough. Mm-hmm. All of our retail partners have enough to help uh, sell right. and, and bring in consumers uh, to the doors. So there, there right. is that pressure there. Uh, obviously, we have financial pressures that we have. We, you know, we're trying to hit make, meet certain goals in terms of uh, of sales. We want to be able to, you know, compensate our team. Or, you know, we're 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 doing this right now because we love we love it and we see strong potential in it. Right. We are not being. None of us are really being. You know, no one's being paid a lot right now because we're so we're so young and early. So there's pressure to be able to keep the, the team motivated right. and 
really excited about working on the, on the business, but also being able to give something back so that they can support themselves and their families. So that's, that's the pressure that I feel. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like if the stores are saying we need more, we need a new product and you are wanting to make sure that you keep up this sterling reputation that you have. I mean, you want to make sure that you put out the best product. So that's tough, but I know you'll do it. Um, after coming up with a concept for the two products, how long did it take? Maybe you've answered this, maybe not. Like to go from the concept to when it finally went on sale or for sale, you know, when it finally hit the stores? Well, the, the, the vitamin C serum specifically, that was, we were working on that for, for many years. So that was, that, that was ready to go. The other products were new. So the moisturizer, for example, mm. that was, uh, that took us about a little less than a year to do it. I, mean, I think that's a texture unlike any other. Mm-hmm. It's so, oh my God, it's so, I think you, you said it best, that it's so, the texture is so lightweight. You apply it, it feels like it's almost like it's going to be heavy, but it's really greaseless. And yeah. it hydrates all day. Oh, right, 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 right. right. And, and for someone like me, you know, as you get older, you have dry spots and oily spots and, you know, you don't, you're just so confused. And you're like, are you supposed to put on, you know, don't put any moisturizer on your chin, put more on your cheeks. But this just works for everything. And it especially have the dry air, maybe that has to do with the refiner too. But yeah, and, and Cosmo just talked about our moisturizers, moisturizers saying that this is the best moisturizer for combo skin. Yay! In the height of summer as well. So, so that so that's how that's what the how the press has been responding to, yes. to to our products, which we are so thrilled about. And honestly, you know, deserving of it. So Right. And we after using both of the products in the skincare routine, your skin really feels like silk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which is fabulous. <laughs> How do you balance wholesale and direct to consumer, especially a lot of our audience are entrepreneurs. So how can you stay true to your vision when wholesale is going to push newness? You know, Oh, you Just only have two products. Right. So, you know, you're actually going to need a lot more because what are we supposed to do with only two products? It's not going to look good <laughs> on the case. <laughs> that. That's exactly some of the feedback we got when we talked. Right. Remember, she was on the beauty team at Barney. She knows right. what she's talking about. You no, know, deal. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's the feedback we got. We had two two skews. Like, keep us posted when you get when you get more. So it's only because now that we launched the eye cream and that they know there's more coming. Mm-hmm. That these there are three retailers in particular that I can't say it, but they're bling, they're launching us in the next few weeks wow. because. Because we have now three SKUs. Right. <laughs> Congratulations. So, thank you. So, the, so the, the, I think my advice to entrepreneurs is that given where we are now with COVID, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs need to go, go about launching their businesses really direct to consumer first. Have that yep. first in your, in your mind. And retail is something that can you can also build as well. In other words, I would not, I would not recommend them going, trying to launch a retail brand only. They need to have that direct-to-consumer focus uh, component built out. In other words, what's the strategy to acquire customers online and be ready to act, activate that 
upon launch while, while you are courting and talking to retailers. Thank you for that. That is great advice. That is really sound advice. How can you stand out in such a crowded market? It's about, again, it's about the product proposition. You know, what, 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 what's, what, 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 data, what data do you have to support that your product is unique and different? Mm-hmm. And are you communicating that in the right way that, that people get, consumers get? Right. It's difficult because, like, with your products, they sell themselves. But it's just getting them into the hands of people and, you know, get going above the noise. And thank goodness you had this sort of built-in reputation, you know. Um, so that people would listen. But um, I know it's complicated. It is. I think, I think that may, may have given me the door, but again, the product had to deliver. Oh, totally. I, yeah, absolutely. I didn't know anything about any of that. And, you know, I was sold on the first, <laughs> <laughs> on the first use. I know, <laughs> I should have filmed her reaction <laughs> in my apartment when she was finally trying it. Let's talk about how have you pivoted during COVID. So like March, April, May, those were challenging months as a human, especially as an entrepreneur. And then all of a sudden Black Lives Matter, which I'm sure was is was difficult for all of us to to then add that whole layer. But we're very excited that it's actually seems to be creating the change that is very necessary. So talk to everyone and give us your wise words of how we can get through this. Yes, so the, first of all, the, the COVID piece, I'll, I'll address that first. One of the ways that we, we're giving back is, you know, fortunately, we, we have products, specifically our moisturizer. We found out really helps to treat our healthcare workers that are wearing masks all, masks all day. Mm. Moisturizer specifically really helps to heal and treat, treat their skin. And again, it's not, it's so light, it's so lightweight that it's, it's not... It's not, it's not greasy on the skin when they've been sweating and perspiring and wow. wearing those, those, those masks that can be compressing right. on their skin. So we've, we continually donate to healthcare workers, specifically those in, in neighborhoods, areas where there, there are hospitals with, with, with higher, higher population of people of color. So that's one way we are giving back. The, as far as the Black Lives Matter concern, you know, we, we, the brand was launched for everyone. I mean, you, right. the universal is in the name. We were, we were a mainstream brand with vitamin C, a vitamin C-based technology that benefits everyone. Right. So that's how we launched. What happened was that when some editors knew me for a long time, knew I was of color, and they've kind of elevated and, and, and spoke about us as being one of the best black-boned Right, beauty businesses. So that was totally by surprise. I was, it, it was uh, basically it was a a case where I felt a roller coaster of emotions because we had we've been getting tremendous sales and and awareness because of being a black owned business, right. but yet, but yet I was hurt about the reason why. Right. We, we this was we were giving this attention because of, because of so many tragic tragic okay. events. So it's been it's been a really as I said roller coaster of emotions, and it's only now that I, I'm I'm I've kind of resolved that we are all going to get to a to a better place. But yeah. for me, 
for me personally, what I can do is to help other entrepreneurs uh, of color that are that are looking for help, yes. advice, access, yes. and that's the way I'm 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 giving back uh, to the community. That's awesome. And we were trying to figure out as well how we were gonna what you know what we could do, and what I was seeing a lot of was, you know, here goes the very next day. 20 black brands to follow, 30 black brands to know, all this kind of stuff, you know, and I thought, I'm not going to post about things that I don't know about. I know these, these designers as, as people, as friends, they happen to be black. So I'm going to talk about them. And just like with you, with your products, it's not like, okay, let's find a black beauty brand. You know, it's like, oh, Ron happens to be black, but the brand is fabulous. We want people to know we've been talking about it already. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's not a situation where you're being talked about like you're a token situation. It's like you're, you check all the boxes because they want to help you, but also they, they would want to help you anyway because your products are fabulous. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to articulate, articulate it that way because I think people, people are not of color. Right. People are white Caucasian. Right. They are, they are, struggling and asking what what they can do so i think i think i think you are following following your heart right you you certainly you certainly saw saw us and knew of us before this oh, yeah. and i think i think that you are doing uh, it sounds like you're doing what feels right for you and, and, it, and it feels right to me as well so good good that's all okay. Well, another thing I just thought about, too, when you were talking this morning on the news, they were talking about um, people now, because it's so hot and humid, we're down in Florida, and it is amazingly humid, and we're in a heat wave. Yeah. People, not even just health workers, but everyone is starting to have irritations, irritation on their skin from these masks, yep. and they gave some, you know, some ideas of what you could do, make sure your skin is clean, blah, 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 if it continues, see a dermatologist. So that's another thing, taking it from this niche group of health workers, you have developed a product that just happens to be wonderful, I would think, for all of us in another, in a whole new way. That's yeah. an example of, you know, great things coming out of negative things. You had this product already and who knew we were going to need it because we were having to wear these masks in the heat of the summer to save everybody's lives. Yep. So, yeah. So basically it's, it, it's, it's how, how this was in the right place at the right time. Yes. It's not going to clog pores and, you know, feel greasy and just, Oh, be awful. So it, and the mask won't stick to your face. Yep. You know, so that's all, that's all wonderful. Yep. What was it like working in product development? What was your role? Our audience might not really understand what product development is. Yes, yeah, so I, though I started in, in the business as a cosmetic chemist, mm -hmm. uh, that means that I was working in the laboratory formulating cosmetics. Okay. So I had, think of a kitchen where you were mixing and baking, if you will, different types of creams, lotions, serums, etc. So that that's a lab that's a lab setting, all measured, controlled, and documented. And were you doing like like the skincare clinic or like the 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 makeup clinic? I've done both. I've I've, I've formulated both types of products for clinics. I've worked on makeup products and I've worked on skincare. Okay, I just remembered that lip gloss I used to wear. I think it was called something honey. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. But I had it like, what was it? Dark, it was something, but I had it in my purse for years. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Was it almost lipstick? What was it? it was a yeah, yeah, it was not a, yes, exactly. I think I started wearing, you know, the. Like, Tupelo? No. No, that's black? a song. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was black honey, but anyway, it was this gorgeous lip gloss color. In a pot, but we we are we uh, pot. Oh, the pot. Yes, yes, you know, yeah, our pot lot. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I can't remember the name, but it was, <laughs> it was a go-to. Okay. <laughs> what was one of your favorite products that you ever launched that you created? Well, I think it's one of the one of the original one of the original Clinique turnaround products. Mm -hmm. This is I'm, I'm dating myself. This is going back to the early '90s, where Clinique. At the time, we, we really were believers in salicylic acid, which is a, it's one of the yeah. acids. And we always wanted to launch a really elegant cream that was salicylic acid based. And I worked on that for, for many years before we were ready to launch it. So that became one of the, one of the big sellers for Clinique at the time. So that was one of, that was one of my, one of, one of the, product launches that I was most proud of that. Yeah, that's really neat. So tell us about product development in that, how do you, what comes first? Like, do they say, okay, we need a moisturizer? Like, where does the first idea for what product you want to create, does it just kind of happen? Like, oh, wow, I just discovered this thing I didn't mean to. <laughs> or like when a new, like, like salicylic acid, with a new, right. you know, a new, um, ingredient comes about then you say we need to create a product it goes both ways so the idea can come from the lab based on a, a new technology that we we've discovered in the lab or it can come from marketing where they say hey we've been looking at the market we we are researching we're seeing a growth in the vitamin c category and we need a a new vitamin c serum or eye cream and then they kind of brief me the chemist on what on what they wanted to look feel smell like mm. and that's how the that's how the concept turns into a a life of, okay. a, a real life product it's fascinating as an entrepreneur what are some challenges you face and how did you overcome them we always like to not only talk about an issue but actually give concrete things that people can do to overcome it Cash flow. Cash flow. Oh, we have that too. <laughs> it's, the, it's the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges an entrepreneur will have to face. And that's how, mm -hmm. how do you order, create, get inventory, which requires in some cases cash up front mm -hmm. or half down, half later, and yet still keep the business floating, whether you have consultants, right. employees, and how do you balance that? That's the magic in being able to balance that. And it, and it comes down to having enough cash to start mm -hmm. and then really managing it, meaning that get, as, get the best terms you can, mm -hmm. meaning that you will be people that owe you, that they're going to pay you as soon as possible, and people that you owe, you're going to get the best, you know, the longest. <laughs> <laughs> They'll give you as much time as possible to pay it back. That's, that's the, so that's the magic is being able to manage the cash flow carefully and be able to forecast as best as possible so that you know where you don't get into trouble. 
that's such, and that's just like right now, you know, someone the other day was saying, as long as you had two years of, you know, cash flow, you know, for the next two years, you're, you're doing great. And I thought, who all has that? I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know who has that. <laughs> oh my goodness. And especially working with wholesalers, they're certainly not the first to pay. You really have to, a lot of entrepreneurs become collections agents. You have to <laughs> force them to pay. Ah, dude, that's that's correct. I mean, that's that's what happens. It's it, it's um, you have to negotiate that, especially up front. Right, I know it's so important. That's what I try and talk to my consulting clients about. It. It's just horrible that they use the name and the important. You know, they're yes. so big and yes. important that it's very hard for a small brand to have any power right. in that conversation. They're just excited to be in the store. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's it's a, it's a bully. Kind of and, I think, and I think what, I, what we do is we, we remind them we're a small brand. I said, yes, we, we, are, we are mentioned with the likes of, of sure. a lot of giants. We're still a small company, so you know, please give us you know, some better terms than you would these big guys that right. they have the cash flow. Right, right. They're not as, they're not as, it's not as necessary for them as it is for the small guys. Yes, that's great. Tell us about determining the price point. How in the world? I mean, your price point is so fabulous. Uh, it's hard for me as a, um, you know, when I work with women every day, uh, it's hard for me to recommend, oh, buy this, you know, $1,000 dress, buy this $500 cream. I'm always looking for quality first, but quality products that I know are not going to, you know, cause stress for someone to purchase. So how did you determine the price point? What was important to you about the price? It's an exercise of looking at your competitors. Okay. And seeing where they fall in price, what benefits performance your product has compared to them. So that's, that's one exercise that needs to be done. But even more so is your cost of goods. What, how much is it gonna, going to cost you to produce each of the, those units. And then based on those two, you have, you have to make a decision on, on being competitive, you know, giving the consumer a really good value, but being able to keep the business profitable. Right, you have to be able to have the money to pay the people that are working for you and everything else. Yep. That has to be factored in. Yep. Being an entrepreneur is hard. We climb mountains each and every day and achieve the impossible, <laughs> it seems. What keeps you going through all of that? What, what keeps me going is that there is no, there's nothing harder or more, more fulfilling than being an entrepreneur. Right. You get, this, is, this is, is, is your baby. This is something that, that you created, you created from scratch, and it could be it could turn into real to be something big, or just something, or it could be nothing. And I think the fact that I'm working towards the ability of making this something that wasn't even around, right? In this case, our skincare line last year. This is it's really major. So that's what keeps me going: is seeing how far we can take it. Where can we go for, for, uh, for, and at the same time, it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm worried about cash flow. I'm, you know, we are, we're, we're launching, oh, I can't say, but we're launching one, of, one uh, in a big beauty box. 
in, in a few months. So that's going to be another exciting opportunity. We're launching in, in, in a few uh, big retailers in, in a few months. So that's what keeps me going, the excitement of being able to, to, bring, to bring our brand to so many more people. That's exciting for me. That's oh, my fun. goodness. And do you take time to celebrate, or are you kind of like, okay, great, now we've got a lot to do? Not enough. I never right. take enough right. time to celebrate. I, ne I, never, I never stop. Right. I, I, what I've been doing is I've been trying to shut down a little bit and get outside now and, and, right. and, and social distance, take, take, take long walks and, and disconnect to kind of recharge me a bit. Right. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be, be better at that, and and on weekends I do take I do take big chunks of time during the day where mm -hmm. where, I, where I do not work, but I I always have some work to do every day. Right. Well, you know that's that's so important. I've been hearing this a lot, and I've been talking to Delia about it. I would think about Delia is such a go getter, and you know we would finish an event, and it would be you know an amazing experience. So many people came, and great. You know, great for the store, great for us, great for our our audience, our you know, our event, our community, and everything. And so afterwards, I'm like, "Whoa, that's so great!" Now we can sort of rest for a little while. And Jay's like, "Can I remember tomorrow morning we're doing so and so?" You know, so it's kind of like you need to figure out some way, even if it's just looking in the mirror and going, "You know, I was just chosen as the number one vitamin C serum in the world, or whatever." You know, you've got to acknowledge these amazing these amazing accomplishments. Yep. Stop for just a minute and, and realize what you are doing for all of us. Yep. Allison, you're so right. We, 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 I need to do more of that and uh, I am trying. You know, it's like you can, you, can, you can roll them off the end of your tongue. You know, we've gotten this and this and this and this, but really sometimes you say it so much and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, we really got all those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, it's not inside yet. It's like you're just used to, to telling people about it. And then you stop and think, I can't believe I'm really saying these things that, that, that have happened to us. It's really a remarkable thing. And I need to give myself a pat on the back. Um, okay, so advice to someone looking to start their own brand. And I know it's even more difficult right now where the world is. Um, so you can address it during COVID or just in general. In general, it's, it's about... Doing your research, having data to support the fact that your product is unique and different, and you have a means of selling it. You have a distribution, a way to distribute in mind, whether that's direct to consumer, which is what, one place I strongly recommend, as well as a, a retail, wholesale a distribution plan. I, I get a lot of entrepreneurs that come with, they come with a great idea, but they haven't, they haven't done their homework. They, they haven't looked at the competition enough. They haven't carved out what's unique and different about it. And many, many of them don't have a plan to bring it to market. It's more of they have a great idea, but they don't know. They haven't gone through the process of creating a plan, a marketing plan. How do I launch it? You know, what is it going to take? And sometimes I become the, uh, a voice of reason to them. And, <laughs> and they appreciate it. And they, I kind of... I don't want to say that I burst their bubble, but it's yeah. kind of what happens. I kind of burst it because there's so much excitement. And some of them come back to me a few months later, even a year later, saying, hey, Ron, 
I appreciate your feedback. I worked on it. I put a plan together. Now I have a, a better plan in place and I'm actually, I'm either bootstrapping it or I, I found capital for it and they've taken the advice. So that's, that's what I recommend to, to an entrepreneur. That's right. Their own thing now. That's great. I think so many people, like you said earlier, this thing about uh, research, every time we talk to someone, a successful entrepreneur, that's, that's a huge part of their advice, doing the research. And I think, like you said earlier, people have a brand or product or whatever, and they're just so anxious to just get it out there. But you have to take a, you know, take a step back and really, you know, put in months, like, you know, years, however long it takes to really, to really do your research. Yep. Hmm. This is something that I most definitely struggle with. What are some tips, if you have any, to deal with entrepreneurial guilt about not working and instead taking time to recharge and relax? I, I do. I recommend this to my team, which is interesting. So I recommend that they take a break. <laughs> <laughs> that they recharge because I... I, I know that that's going to help the business. If they're fresh, they're going to come, they're going to come to the table recharged, more creative. They're going to be more productive and they're going to be able to give, give more to the business. So I need to follow my own advice to do that. So, so, that, so how I overcome the guilt is knowing that, hey, I'm taking a break now. But it's gonna it's gonna be better. I'm gonna be better for the business later because of this break now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's, and it's you know for your health, it's important. Yeah. That's right. Building a team. How did you go about that? How do you maintain culture as you grow? And when did you know that it was time to hire a new person? Well, I, we are still a team of four. Okay. We have a couple of contractors, so no, no other full-time people. We do have a couple of contractors that we, we help us uh, with, uh, on the growing the business. In terms of the team, most of us are old friends and colleagues, so we've known each other. That's nice. So we already have a track record working together, so there's more built-in trust there because we've known each other a long time. Not everyone has that. So a lot of people, they, 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 a lot of people will form a company with a person they don't, they don't know as well, and that becomes more difficult because you just don't know where. Right. You don't know how things will change. What I do recommend there is just make sure you have, you have your legal paperwork in place so that it allows for things that. It allows for the ability for people to, if they want to go, if they want to cut back, if they want to yeah. give up, give up and, 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 and sell the part, have, you have your paperwork in place that allows for that, that type of change because people do change, especially if it's people you don't really know. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Well. Mm. 
Well, talking about your team, that it was colleagues that you had known for a long time, that's a great reminder to everyone that even though these industries are very large, they are very, very small. So people move around and the way that you act is memorable. And also if you are someone that is pleasant to work with, oftentimes when people do leave, then they'll bring their team to this new company so it can present opportunity. So it, it's a good reminder about your reputation and how you act at work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, and that's, you know, that means everything and it comes, you know, things, good things will come back to you as well. That's how, that's why by treating people, having good relationships with people over the years, it will come back to you. These are people that you can tap into later on whether it's become part of your team to consult with you or even just to offer you help, assistance, guidance. Right, right. Mm. What's next for Beauty Stack Cosmetics? Well, we have a couple more launches coming out out this year and some really big launches coming out out next year. We're expanding into retail, which we're super excited about. And uh, we're also launching in the UK as well. So, so we are going we're going international, going global. Yes, incredible. I the know. first of many. Yes. That's amazing. You are really you are you on are fire. just you are on fire. And I feel like the way you put your company together um you know reflects that. I think that has a lot to do with it. The fact that you know you really thought through how you were going to get the word out. You took your time getting the product, the perfect product. You have your team in place that is very cohesive. The culture is, you know, spot on. And um, you've also stood up for yourself. You know, when you went to talk to retailers and everything else, you've stuck to your plan. So I think that's all brilliant. Where can people find you? So right now, we, of course, we're at our own website, beautystat.com. And our retail partners right now include QVC, Violet Gray, and skin store. Amazing. Amazing. We love Violet Gray. Violet Gray is great. Great partner. I just did I just did a an Instagram story takeover with them last Ooh, week. That was very I well. Now I didn't get to see. Yes, so it was very well received and wonderful. They've been a great partner. Good. Mm. They're lucky to have you. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We are so excited to tell everyone about your brand. Likewise, I'm so excited again. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Delia, for this opportunity. Absolutely. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye. Bye.